Welcome to the Public Sector Marketing Show, a podcast for government and public sector marketing professionals who want to level up their digital marketing and social media knowledge, skills, and strategic thinking. And now, welcome your host, Joanne Sweeney. Hello and welcome to episode 26 of the Public Sector Marketing Show. Well, this is a special episode because I'm going back through the archives over the past 25 shows and I'm going to bring you our best bits. Now, I've been really committed to the Public Sector Marketing Show, showing up every week over six months without fail. And in fact, if we listen to the godfather and the man that coined the phrase content marketing, Joe Polizzi says that most people give up at this very point. After six months, they usually give up on long form content marketing, but not me. I'm going to keep going. In fact, he says that it takes on average between nine and 15 months in order for you to build critical mass and to build a tribe. However, we've reached some brilliant milestones when it comes to this podcast. We've got 1,000 unique listeners, and we've also had over 3,000 downloads off the show. So thank you to everyone who has hit subscribe and who's tuned in either on YouTube, Facebook, or on your favorite podcast platform. So coming up in this very special episode, my why for public sector marketing, the best bits from our 25 shows. I consider myself a one-take wonder when it comes to going front of screen. However, Niall, who edits the shows, is going to bring you the very many bloopers that happen as we record the show. And finally, I want to ask you to suggest some topics for the next 25 episodes. In today's column, I decided to tell you my why of public sector marketing. Why did a former journalist and digital marketer and social media specialist working across all sectors decide to put all her efforts and energies into this particular niche? Some people tell me it's not the sexiest of sectors to work at. But I have a really strong passion for government communications, public sector marketing, and the voice of the citizen. And I know anyone who works with me can see that. So in this video, I take you back through my career to date and kind of give you an insight into why Joanne Sweeney is so passionate about this topic. So who gave Joanne Sweeney permission to write the definitive guide to digital marketing and social media for government and public sector? Well, I did, of course. In this video, I'm going to share with you my entire 20-year career in communications and why I believe I'm best placed to help you change the world one digital message at a time. And if you're a public sector marketing pro, make sure to subscribe to this channel because every Monday I'll share with you insights and information on digital marketing and social media for government. I've been a professional storyteller all my life. In fact, I've worked in communications for two whole decades and I've seen how it's changed and how it's been disrupted by the smartphone and by technology. So it's no accident that I write books about digital communications, but where does the government and public sector piece come in? 
Well, let me take you back to the year 2001. A graduate journalist, I was hungry for stories and hungry for news. I got my first break in local radio in my home county of Donegal in Northwest Ireland. Interestingly, I came out of university at a really great time for a young hack. It was the time when the Morris Tribunal was happening in Ireland. Now, this was a public inquiry, a tribunal of investigation into allegations of wrongdoing against some members of the police force in County Donegal. You can imagine as a young 23-year-old journalist how amazing it was for me to get the opportunity to sit through that tribunal which came to Donegal for two months because that's where the main witnesses were located. During those two months, very often I was the sole broadcast journalist reporting from the field, from that tribunal. I was reporting for national and international stations. So big was the story. Also during this time, I embarked on my master's in journalism and I decided to report and write on the impact of this tribunal on my home county, but also on the police force. As a journalist, I was also covering local government meetings, health board meetings, and everything to do with local public sector news in the northwest of Ireland. So that interest in government communications, coupled with my own professional career, actually grew as my career went on. Fast forward about 12 years, and I'm now studying my second master's degree. I'm writing my academic thesis, and I decide to write about how the Irish police force and Garda Síochána use social media for public interest messaging, crime investigation, and community engagement. This study had never been done before. In fact, it was the first desk research study ever done. I had so much information as a result of my 20,000 word thesis that I wanted to write a book. And so my first book, Social Media Under Investigation, Law Enforcement and the Social Web was born. 40,000 words about how police forces right across the globe are embracing social media. So you can see that my fascination with digital communications and government and public sector has only grown throughout my career. Then a number of years ago, I wanted to expand that niche. I wanted people like you, public sector marketing pros, to elevate your digital communications. I truly believe that you can change the world one digital message at a time. However, you need to be willing and able to participate in a social media conversation, even if it's not going your way. The public, in my view right now, hold the hand of power. The institutions of the state, like government, the church, or even big business. Control has now swung, that pendulum has now swung into the hands of the people, into citizens just like me, and indeed you, who are using public services every single day of the week. According to the Edelman Barometer, trust in government agencies is almost at an all-time low. Why? because people are demanding and expecting real-time information from the people that represent them. Whether you're a politician or a government agency, it is your responsibility to represent the people by giving them the information that they want. And of course, they expect it through the medium of the smartphone. So right now what I am doing is I'm building a community of global public sector marketers who are changing the world one digital message at a time. And how am I doing it? Well, 
I'm creating academic studies, professional reports, and also books on the topic. I truly believe that in order to scale digital communications right across the globe on every one of the continents in this world, we need people to buy in to social media and digital communications. For me, it's all about in the public interest. After all, that's why you got into your career. Policing, nursing, teaching, these are all vocations where you want to help people. So if you want true citizen engagement and if you want people to buy into your policies, to your legislation and how you want to shape society in your city, in your continent or in your country, then it's really important that you embrace digital marketing and social media. For me, I will continue to find out the best ways to embrace the digital landscape and to ensure that even even though communications is being disrupted, you as a professional marketer don't need to be the disruptee. So make sure that you follow my videos. You can find all my free resources on my website also at publicsectormarketingpros.com. And trust me, when you follow Joanne Sweeney, whether it's on YouTube or any of the social networks, you will get first-hand information of how you can change the world one digital message at a time. If you like this video, please make sure you give me the thumbs up and don't forget to subscribe and tell your colleagues in your office as well. Level up your digital skills by taking our diploma in digital marketing plus gain an industry qualification. Use the code DIGITALMARKETING20 for a 20% discount. Visit publicsectormarketingpros.com. So it's a little bit different in today's consulting section. We're going back through the archives of the Public Sector Marketing Show and Niall has put together the best bits from 25 episodes and of course, a lot of outfit changes. Hello and welcome to the trailer for the Public Sector Marketing Show, the podcast and social media show for government and public sector professionals who want to take their marketing into the digital age. I'm your host, Joanne Sweeney. This podcast and show is brought to you by Public Sector Marketing Institute. It will be streamed on Facebook and YouTube every Wednesday at 11am and on your favourite podcast platform on Thursdays from 8am. I hope you tune in. I'll bring you interviews and insights from the government and public sector frontline from right across the world. I'll be interviewing your peers who are working in all aspects of government and public sector and finding out how they are breaking through the challenges of the digital age. I'll also be sharing my insights into digital communications. My career spans 20 years from broadcast journalism to public relations and now exclusively to digital marketing for your sector. So learn with me as I broadcast each show. You'll also learn how the social networks are evolving and how you can leverage them for deeper public engagement and citizen trust and transparency, because that, my friends, is the number one currency in the digital age. So I want to ask you a question. Are you a public sector or government pro? Are you on social media? Did you ever consider the fact that you could be, or indeed, from my perspective, should be a social media influencer, that you have a really important role to play in public interest messaging? Because after all, there isn't a commercial win for you guys like there is in the traditional influencer. The win for you is trust and transparency. And you've heard me say this 
millions of times before and I will continue to say it. Trust and transparency is the number one currency in the digital age. So influence matters on social media. You own the truth of what you are talking about on social. You're inside the boardroom. You're inside the corridors of power within your agency, department or organization. You know where the lines of communication are drawn, what can be publicized and what can't. Let's face it, in the absence of subject matter experts and those owning the content and telling the truth, we have vacuums on social media. And this actually then spreads disinformation. Traditional communication has evolved also. It's no longer the gift of the traditional media and some of the media definitely disagree with me on this point, but that's absolutely fine. It's no longer in the gift of traditional media to simply be the vehicle or the key platform to communicate public interest messaging to the public. I used to be a journalist got a master's in journalism I understand the industry the discipline and what journalism is all about and we need uh, a free and an independent strong media in every country in the world right now but you have to remember that traditional media has evolved it's been disrupted in the digital age and the public expect to gain access to the leaders and to the subject matter experts on their favorite social networks if we remind ourselves what Barack Obama said back in the White House in 2009 when he became the 44th president of the United States, he said, we need to learn to deliver public services, not how we want to deliver them, but how the public expect them. So consider the evolution of traditional comms. Being active and influential on social media demonstrates also that you care and that you're listening and that you're engaged in the concept called social listening. I know you may be getting social listening reports from your digital communications team, but as the great GAA line goes, nothing beats being there. When you are engaged in social media, when you are on a platform and listening yourself and watching the conversation, you get a real sense for the public mood and to take the public temperature. And I think that is a vital part of every government and public sector professional's job, especially when you get to senior leadership role. So that is the main content of today's column. And so I wanna put it out to you. Do you agree the public sector pros should be influencers on social media? Do you know a social media influencer in your sector? Are you trying to encourage, persuade? A, your senior leader to be more active on the social networks and to bring their voice online. Send me a tweet to at JS Tweets Digital and let's continue the conversation over there. Now to the next section of the show. So we've had the column. We've also had an introduction to social media influencers in government and public sector. Now I'm going to give you some consulting advice. So this is the part of the show where I go in and I look to you, the viewer and the subscriber and the listener to the show as my client. And so stick with me here as I, as I give you some of, of my advice. Let's take a look at uh, perhaps some stats. 
This is a study from August 2019, and I know it relates to traditional social media influencers, and it looks at the activities and the behavior of Gen Zs and millennials. And so according to Global Web Index, they said that 22% of Gen Z and 20% of millennial internet users in the US and in the United Kingdom had made a purchase by an influencer or a celebrity based on a social media post in the previous month. Now, you totally could argue with me that, Joanne, how can we compare, you know, fast-moving consumer goods and celebrity influencers with government and public sector? Well, I truly believe that the behaviour of younger audiences such as Gen Z and millennials is definitely changing. I'm now going to bring you inside the White House and it's President Barack Obama's first full day in office. Barack Obama issued a call to action by signing the Open Government Directive. It was the formal acknowledgement that the three principles of transparency, participation and collaboration form the cornerstone of an open government. Identify the change team. There will always be digital transformation champions within an organization who are willing to step up and to be at the front of change. Identify them, equip them and empower them. Map your CPD training plan, continuing professional development. Social media and digital marketing changes at a pace that is difficult to keep up with. What was relevant in 2020 may not be relevant anymore in 2021. Think about progress and reporting. What does success look like? How are you going to measure success? What are the key performance indicators that are going to signal that you're on the right track? Produce case studies from the wins. When people win, the others want to know how you got there. So with every win that you have, turn it into a case study and share that among your broader team. Review and invest software as a service. We now have artificial intelligence, a subsection of that, machine learning, that can really help you scale up many processes and systems when it comes to digital and social. They're low cost, but they have very high impact. Finally, a change in work practices. If we always do what we always did, we're not going to affect change. You need to introduce new work practices to reflect the new technologies and the channels that you're using. Let me finish off this consulting piece by talking about trust and transparency and referring to the Edelman Trust Barometer. So this is a study that is carried out every January. However, in 2020, because of COVID-19, they actually undertook the spring study. This showed that trust was broken, but the gap was narrowing among the public and government and public sector. Have a look at the results. The respondents said that they wanted government out in front in all areas of the pandemic response. 86% said, we need you to provide economic relief. 79% said, we want you to get the country back to normal. 73% said, please try and contain COVID-19. While 
72% said, inform us, keep us updated, and we will respond to the public health efforts. Another trend that we saw in this study was that trust is now at a record high for all institutions of society. But have a look at where government is. You're in the top left-hand quadrant. This is a place where you are now, but please try and leverage that momentum. The last time that the public had this level of trust in you was back after World War II. So to finish up, you have the power to change social media within your organization, but you have to lead from the front. The public have to see you, but your own teams have to see you also. There are three individuals that I want to showcase, and they are examples of best practice when it comes to leading from the front on social media. The first is the New Zealand Prime Minister, Jacinta Ardern. And I want to introduce to you the concept of personalization when it comes to video on social. We're taking a look at the Facebook page of Jacinda Ardern, the New Zealand Prime Minister. What's very interesting about her videos is that number one, they're frequent and consistent. And number two, they are taken from different perspectives. So they're taken from press conferences, they're taken from inside the Houses of Parliament, they're taken from her office, but they're also taken from her home and also when she's out and about. We get to know this Prime Minister. She is committed to social media. And in fact, in one of her videos addressing a resurgence in COVID-19, she introduces her video by saying, if you missed both of the press conferences today, I wanted to update you quickly on the current state of play in relation to COVID-19. In this episode, I'm delighted to interview Tom Cochran. Tom Cochran wrote the foreword for my book, Public Sector Marketing Pro, and he took us inside the White House during his time there. Tom has an expansive career in digital communications within government and public sector. So I felt he was best place to have this conversation with how do we build a digital communication strategy that promotes openness and transparency in 2021. So in the in the eight years that, that followed that, we went uh, through quite a transformation to push the United States government into the digital era, right? Uh, in the digital era from 2009 to 2016, uh, 2017, January 2017, we did incredible transformations throughout the government to make sure that the government uh, focused on open government, uh, transparency, participation, and collaboration uh, with a focus on using digital technologies. So that was very much the intentions of President Barack Obama, and he was very direct in his appeal to his team and to the broader staff within government that he wanted to deliver public services, not how the team wanted to deliver them, but how the public expected public services to be delivered. Do you think he achieved that? I think, I think yes, and I think that's the goal of every public servant and anybody that works in government, which is to remember that 
they work in a customer centric uh, environment, maybe more so than any other environment ever, uh, because in their title is the word public. They serve the public, uh, and their goal is to provide public services. So when you change the framework and think about delivering services uh, from the from the mindset of the person receiving the services, it really changes how you approach your job. In today's show, I'm delighted to be joined by Russell Lolisher, who is the director at the Ministry for Transportation in British Columbia. He is also a social CX expert, a thought leader, a writer, a podcaster. And so I'm really looking forward to this conversation and understanding how government and public sector can lead the charge online in terms of social CX in 2021. And from the customer experience, I'll speak specifically to my channel, which is we use customer service and digital web is, is our bailiwick. So for us, uh, right out of the gate, we created a manifesto. We had a very purpose statement and a manifesto that was very customer centric. I've had the same staff for 10 years. Nobody leaves me um, because they don't get to do what we do anywhere else from to, to, the, to the capacity that we do. Um, things are shifting and things are moving because that's the way the world works, but they needed to have a philosophy of customer first. Customer centricity is the term where any decision is, why would they care? Why, who are we helping? Who are we serving? There was a UX exercise we did eight, nine years ago, uh, user experience for those who may not know, where we talked to the users, i.e. customers, i.e. the public about how we're doing in web properties. And one of the quotes that we heard was, you didn't write this for me, you wrote this for yourselves. I wrote that on my whiteboard and it has been there for nine years. Because I'm, well, it's like, hey, hey, anytime somebody pitched me an idea that I thought was like, okay, who's that for? Is that for me and you? That, that's not our audience. So who's it for? So anything we do, we craft for the audience we're trying to serve. We're checking the metrics. We're seeing what people are responding to education-wise. We're looking at the questions the public's asking. And if the public's asking a lot of the same questions, that means we have not created content or a website that answers those questions. Because the most important thing I want to do to help my ministry, my organization, is less phone calls, less emails. Because I'm doing a better job of making content findable, searchable, and so forth. So that's more the proactive side of things. But it's also creating content like, why do we need to slow down in a construction site if there's no workers there? You know how many people ask that question? A lot. So we create content that answers those questions. Why do we close roads for eight hours? Because they're crime scenes when people have accidents. People don't understand the context. Context sometimes. They just see, I can get home, I can't get home. And I get it. That's their world. And that's all they care about because it's, it's what impacts them. So to provide that context is really helpful when it comes to follow up, when it comes to pulling content. Content we created seven years ago is still as relevant today because we create it for evergreen purposes. So when we create it, we'll like, hey, do we have a blog? Oh, yeah, we wrote that in 2015. It's still useful. Yeah, we'll update it a little bit and then share it. So our, our focus is very much answering questions within a time frame through Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, we also are on Flickr. Yeah, Flickr still lives. And YouTube as well. So we're using those platforms, Instagram stories and so forth, to answer questions. That's the whole point is to just get that engagement of, do you have questions? We got answers. You know, it's, it's so exciting. And those experiences that you have shared 
really bring it to life and make it tangible as a feature. And if you think about it, I've always loved Twitter for the ability to connect with people who share my niche and nerdy interests like policing and social media or government and social media. And if you think about it, it's built on the interest graph, whereas Facebook is built on the relationship graph. But now with spaces and conversation and taking that relationship to a whole new dimension, adding the tip jar and some other new features coming down the stream, I'm kind of excited by by Twitter again because, you know, we've had that narrative. It's trolling, it's bots, it's disinformation, echo chambers, it's fake news. It really was time for some positivity. In today's column, I'm going to discuss the role of digital communications during COVID-19. Now, the global pandemic effectively put the world on pause, apart from a number of essential sectors like policing, security, food, retail and manufacturing and pharma and, of course, government and public sector. You guys did not stop. But what you did do is that you totally embraced digital communications. You knew that in the absence of a vaccine at the beginning of the pandemic, there was only one antidote to stopping this virus spreading. And that was that our government and our public health leaders stood out online, were visible, provided transparent communications and were accessible in real time. I saw a huge sea change in the level, the standard and the approach to government and public sector communications over the past 14, 15 months. I believe that there are some good lessons learned from coronavirus, especially in this sector. Pre-COVID-19, government and public sector were concerned about going online nervous about public reaction, senior leaders not adept, skilled, or really engaged in the world of social media, staff who perhaps weren't trained in real-time communications, and maybe there wasn't the capacity or the resources invested to manage always-on digital comms. Right now, that story has shifted. We're now following a narrative where government and public sector are leading from the front. The World Health Organization has been the number one brand on social right throughout the pandemic. But let's look at our own individual countries. Wherever you're watching this show from or listening to the podcast, just look back and consider how you engaged with your public sector. You're probably working in it, of course, but they stood up. And what lessons we have learned are threefold. Number one, government and public sector are agile. Number two, government and public sector can display and can be wholly transparent to build public trust. And number three, you can do it. You've already proven it. Every single government and public sector organization has a case study right now to share, and you should share it with me, on how you navigated a global pandemic when your workforce was working from home, when your citizens were re still really needed your service, and when senior leadership said, are we online? Are we on every channel? Are we where our audience need to be? So I believe the lessons learned from COVID-19 will stand us in good stead. And I believe that public and government have actually caught up with the private sector 
now your next opportunity is to leapfrog, leapfrog their digital communication. A one-stop shop digital marketing and social media resource. Join our membership academy for 12 months. Access a library of how-to videos, template strategies, and organizational policies. Monthly live coaching. Attend webinars with subject matter experts. Meet and network with public sector pros from across the world. Use the code MEMBERSHIP20 for a 20% discount. Visit publicsectormarketingpros.com. It's really important not to take yourself too seriously. Now, I don't know how to introduce this segment because I actually don't know what is coming up. I'm leaving the bloopers to Niall. So all I will say is have a laugh at my expense. What do I say? Hello and welcome. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Okay. Right. Okay. You know my thing's blank. <laughs> the next... I have a, sorry, start that sentence again. In this interview, go again. So this was a study compiled, I'll go from the top. This is a quote from the data, sorry. I wanted to say the word today. You got another word for today? In this episode, in this show, show an episode. Okay. We also hear from two public sector marketing professionals who bring us inside their... Lads, I'm losing me touch. All right, here we go. Okay. In 2021, your question should be... This is the one. Tony's article, which I have linked in the blog post... Radio, what am I talking about now, lads? who is trying to, oh, sorry. If I could just get to the end of that, it would be really good. I'll keep going, I will get to the end of it. Sorry, you know what I'm doing here. I'm trying to see my next point. Oh, Jesus Christ. And the resources, of, sorry. The resources mentioned, that was the word. Right? Yep. <laughs> Thank you. That would have been a bloody nightmare to start again. She got to test Twitter spaces before they became mainstream. That was going so well. Now, creating content for digital and social causes great. Thank you. This is very important. <laughs> That'll make the bloopers. I like, I, I like the statement, I do. Now I'm gonna to have to make the argument. I've got a free resource to you. <laughs> it's one line. It's just one line. No, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. Do we really have to put ourselves on the social media front line if we're working in public sector? What if the, oh, I was doing so well. Just head over to public sector marketing pros forward. Sorry, got my website wrong. Stay tuned and if you're, if you're going all in with social media in 2021, then stay tuned. Sorry, that would, I'll just go from the top.
to engage journalists and then engage members of the public, well, that no longer cuts it. That is But anyway, at least I got my brain flowing. Sorry. <laughs> that was a finish. And that's what you call the gospel according to Joanne. Now that's the end. I ran out of things to say there now. now. Be all right, won't it? Level up your social media skills by taking our diploma in social media, plus gain an industry qualification. Use the code SOCIALMEDIA20 for a 20% discount. Visit publicsectormarketingpros.com. This is your weekly reminder that it's only seven weeks now until the 2021 Public Sector Digital Marketing Summit. It is shaping up to be probably the best agenda yet. We have some great speakers from right across the globe, and I'm going to give you some amazing practical workshops where you're going to find out what is happening in the world of social media, and you're going to learn the how-to from our subject matter experts, again, handpicked from across the world. So if you haven't already, go ahead and have a look at the agenda. You can find it on publicsectormarketingpros.com forward slash 2021 summit and included in your ticket is actually three months access to all of the speakers all of the case studies and all of those workshops and if you want to follow the conversation the hashtag for the event is public sector dms and i'm already tweeting about it I'd really love to hear what topics you want me to cover on the Public Sector Marketing Show because your ideas are brilliant and of course I get to solve your problems and go deeper into subjects and into social networks. So be sure to send me the topics that you want. Drop me an email to info at publicsectormarketingpros.com. Don't forget to keep your questions coming from the consulting segment. You can leave me a voice message at publicsectormarketingpros.com forward slash podcast. And if you want to be a guest on the show, showcase the great work of your agency when it comes to marketing, then be sure to reach out on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn. Um, you can find me there and you can send me a private message. For now, I want to thank everyone that's been on the Public Sector Marketing Show. To date, I've really valued your time, your insights, and being so generous with your advice and your tips. To all of the listeners and the viewers, thank you so much. I hope you continue with us and hopefully the show audience will grow. Thanks to Niall, who edits the show, and also to Sound to Light here in Galway, who've got the best studio and who really bring my shows to life. So until next time, please subscribe if you haven't already, and don't forget to rate and review. I will see you on the next show. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Public Sector Marketing Show. This episode has ended, but your digital journey can continue. Head over to publicsectormarketingpros.com to access resources and links mentioned in today's show and to connect with Joanne and her team. Until the next time, be sure to subscribe, rate and review on your favorite podcast platform.